verse number 7 ya ayyuhalladhina amanu all you who have believed in tansurullah if you help allah yansurkum he will help you wa yuthabbit and he will make firm he will stabilize aqdamakum your feet plural of qadam meaning he will not let your feet slip he will not let you sit down he will give you the strength to carry on when in tansurullah if you help allah remember the context of the surah early madinan surah and the muslims had just escaped the torture and the oppression of makkah and now in medina also they were not quite living in safety so generally what happens when you're facing difficulty after difficulty you want your condition to improve you want things to get easier already so here it's as if muslims are being told that do you want things to get better for you do you want your condition to improve then you must fulfill the condition also and what is that help allah and allah will help you help allah and allah will help you he will fix your condition for you he will make things better for you help allah tansurullah from nasara noon sadra help allah who is it that generally needs help someone who is weak or someone who cannot accomplish who cannot do their work on their own so they need somebody to help them help allah does this mean that allah needs our help that he is weak na'udhu billah no he is the creator of the heavens and the earth he does not need supporters what it means is help his deen help his religion because we see that in this surah primarily the muslims were given the command to fight the enemy so why fight the enemy to defend what to defend your religion to defend allah's religion and does allah need you to defend his religion no he doesn't he can defend it on his own he can even use his enemies for the promotion and for the preservation of his religion he is all capable of doing that and we see that at one time at one occasion a jewish person came and he joined the ranks of the muslims in one of the battles because of the fact that the yahud had an alliance with the muslims right and so in order to fulfill his commitment with the muslims he participated in the battle and he lost his life and there were multiple times when there were people who were not sincere in their religion and who participated in battle and they lost their lives and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam reminded that allah can use anybody for his deen he doesn't need us he can even use his enemies for the preservation and for the promotion of his deen and it's amazing how many times people want to attack the muslims they want to ruin the image of islam but that is what attracts people to islam you know this curiosity that what is this islam thing that people are so crazy and they want to find out and as they find out they discover the beauty of islam so in tansurullah what does it mean you help the religion of allah even though he does not need you to help his religion but you help the religion to prove that you want it that you believe in it you love it and you will adhere to it in all situations and when you will do that allah will grant you success yansurkum he will help you he will grant you success wa yusabbit aqdamakum and he will give you stability and firmness he will plant your feet firm what happens is that when a person is shaky 
or when a person is facing a lot of opposition, doing things is not very easy, then what happens? We become double-minded and we think about sitting down. We think about taking it easy. We become shaky. So يُثَبِّتْ أَقْدَامَكُمْ He will grant you stability. This is Allah's promise. And what is this ayah teaching us? That if we want our condition to improve, our religious condition to improve, then we must do something about it. We must rise up and we must defend the religion of Allah and Allah will produce the results. He will grant success. And there are way too many examples of this. You know, in history, in present times of people standing up to defend deen. And what happens? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants them success. يُثَبِّتْ أَقْدَامَكُمْ He will stabilize your feet. But what do we see? That one must fulfill the conditions of assisting the deen of Allah also. And what are they? Firstly, sincerity. That he must do this for the pleasure of Allah, for the sake of Allah. Secondly, he must take deen as it is and not change it, not alter it. Not change it, not alter it, meaning don't make it too difficult just because you think it should be difficult. And on the other hand, don't water it down just because you feel embarrassed. No, take the deen as it is. And thirdly, strive with all of one's effort. You know, with one's energy, financially, wealth, in whatever possible way, strive for the deen of Allah. And what does Allah promise? Two things in return. Yansurkum. He will assist you. He is with you. Isn't this so beautiful? Yansurkum. He will help you. I mean, this is something, this is an act, this is an effort for which the help of Allah is guaranteed. You know, there's so many things we do in our lives and we wonder, you know, I want Allah to help me. Oh Allah, please help me with this. Right? But the help is not necessarily guaranteed. Here, what do we see? Yansurkum. He will help you. وَيُثَبِّتْ أَقْدَامَكُمْ And the second benefit is stability and firmness in deen. Stability and firmness how? In deen. That despite the hardships, walking on the path of deen will become easy. He will give you tawfiq to live upon Islam and die upon Islam. يُثَبِّتْ أَقْدَامَكُمْ Because what do we learn in the Qur'an? That istiqama is so important. Istiqama, stability, firmness is so important in deen. It's very easy to get started. But then when things get tough, then again it's very easy to leave, to stop, to discontinue. So يُثَبِّتْ أَقْدَامَكُمْ You try for Allah and Allah will assist you. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And those people who deny, فَتَعْسَلْ لَهُمْ Then for them is ta'as, misery. For them is misery. Those who help the religion of Allah, Allah will help them, grant them stability until they reach success. But those who deny, what will happen with them? تَعْسَلْ لَهُمْ For them is misery. Ta'in seen ta'asa. Ta'asa is basically to bumping into something. You bump into something, you lose your balance, you trip, and then you fall. This is ta'as. And basically ta'as is when a person falls and then he's not able to get up. Fatarsallahum. Allah promises that for those who help his deen, yusabbit aqdamakum. He will stabilize your feet. But those who deny, sooner or later, they're going to trip and fall. Meaning their efforts will not be successful. 
neither in this dunya nor in the akhirah. In this dunya they will fall, meaning they will suffer defeat. And in the hereafter, they will fall. Where? Jahannam is a pit. فَتَعْسَ لَهُمْ وَأَضَلَّ أَعْمَالَهُمْ And he has put to waste أَعْمَالَهُمْ their deeds. Remember the meaning of idlal when something gets lost, it doesn't reach the intended, the desired destination. This is idlal. So adalla amalahum, he will not allow their efforts to become successful. Thalika, that is so. Bi annahum, because indeed they karihu, they disliked ma anzal Allah, that which Allah has revealed. Why such severe consequences? Because they dislike what Allah has revealed. I mean, if you think about it, why was it that the Muslims faced so much persecution in Mecca? Why? What was the problem? It was their religion. Otherwise, Umar anhu, Abu Bakr anhu, these were people who were very noble and respected in their society. But what happens when they believed in the Qur'an? When they believed in the Qur'an, their friends turned into their enemies. People who respected them, now physically assaulted them. Why was this so? What changed? What changed? It was their iman. Correct? So, because of their iman in what Allah revealed, people disliked them. So, the main problem they had was not with Abu Bakr and Umar. It was with what Abu Bakr and Umar believed in. It was the Qur'an. That severe consequence is because these people have disliked what Allah has revealed, and that is the Qur'an. كَرِهُ مَا أَنزَلَ And as a result, فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالَهُمْ So he has wasted their deeds. أَعْمَال, plural of amal. Notice the word أَحْبَطَ also means waste. But it's not أَضَلَّ What is أَحْبَطَ? أَحْبَطَ is from حَبَطَ حُبُوط And حُبُوط is basically to fall. Fall. When something falls, خلاص, it's finished. Done. So حُبُوط is when something was there, but then an external cause made it result in nothing. When an external factor destroyed it. This is حُبُوط. So, فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالَهُمْ Why did Allah destroy their deeds? Because of their kufr and because of their karaha for the deen of Allah. What is interesting over here is, that because of their dislike for the Qur'an, their deeds are wasted. Dislike for the Qur'an. And this is the difference between this person and a believer. A believer is happy. He rejoices with what Allah has revealed. He rejoices so much that at times he will cry out of pure joy. وَإِذَا سَمِعُوا What do we learn at the beginning of the seventh juz? That when they hear what Allah has revealed, then tara aryunahum tafidu min damri You see their eyes overflowing with tears. When they hear the Quran, they're so affected by it, they're admiring it so much that it's as if out of that pure joy, tears come. They start crying. Then we see that in Surah Yunus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا Because of the Qur'an, the believers should rejoice, they should be happy, because it is the best of all that people can amass. The best of all things that people can collect. 
Because throughout our lives, throughout days and weeks and months and years, we collect many things. Right? We keep collecting and collecting. So out of all the things that we could collect, what is the best that Allah tells us? It is the Qur'an. So a believer loves the Qur'an. He is happy with the Qur'an. When he learns about what Allah has revealed, it increases him in happiness and joy. And this is a sign of a believer. And when a person dislikes what Allah has revealed, doesn't like the Qur'an, doesn't like what the Qur'an says, it makes him uncomfortable, then this is a sign of iman? No, it's the opposite. So, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَرِهُ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالَهُمْ أَفَلَمْ يَسِيرُوا Then have they not traveled فِي الْأَرْضِ in the earth فَيَنْظُرُوا Then they look كَيْفَ كَانَ How it was عَاقِبَةُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ The consequence, the end result of those people who came before them. Have they not learned about the past nations? Have they not seen their ruins? Weren't these people who lived a long time ago, messengers came to them, revelation was sent to them, and they also disliked what Allah revealed. What happened to them? دَمَّرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ دَمَّرَ اللَّهُ Allah destroyed عَلَيْهِمْ over them. Meaning the destruction came from where? From above them. And remember tadmir. Tadmir is, you know, when is basically to demolish something. How? By one thing striking another, hitting another. This is tadmir. Total destruction, total annihilation. دَمَّرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ The punishment came from over them. Allah destroyed everything over them. So basically there was no escape. وَلِلْكَافِرِينَ And for all the deniers, our amthaluha, it's, it's similar. It's equivalence. Amthal is a plural of mathal. And remember, mathal means example, but it also means that which is similar to another, that which resembles another. Alright? And basically, that is an example. If you think about it, it has to resemble the concept that you are giving the example for. There has to be some resemblance. If there is no resemblance, there is no similarity, then you can't make the connection. And that and then that example would be useless. So, وَلِلْكَافِرِينَ amthaluha, Meaning, they could have similar consequences also. Don't think that such consequences were reserved for the people of Nuh salam, or the people of Ad, or the people of Samud, Fir'aun. No. وَلِلْكَافِرِينَ أَمْثَالُهَا And in this is a warning. Because the Prophet ﷺ had at this point left Mecca. And remember that when a Prophet leaves his nation, then the people who remain behind have no excuse left. So here, the people of Mecca are being warned. That do you not see what happened to the previous nations? What happened to them? What was their end? You also have exiled your messenger and you will not remain in your present comfortable state forever, for long. And that is what we see. That within a few years, how that Makkan society was basically destroyed, finished. How year after year, they went for battle with the Muslims. Right? And it wasn't cheap. They lost their elders. They lost their elders. I mean, they're big, big people. They lost them. They all died in these battles. We learned that by the time of the conquest of Makkah, the only main leader that was left was who? Abu Sufyan. That's it. Nobody else but him. Nobody else but him. Everybody else was of a lower status. Right? And this is the reason why he went and spoke to the Prophet ﷺ, etc., etc. So, وَلِلْكَافِرِينَ أَمْثَالُهَا What does it mean? 
that be careful about what you're doing. Be careful. Look at how you're dealing with your messenger. ذَلِكَ That is so. Meaning, for all such deniers is a similar end. Why? Because, بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ Because indeed Allah, He is Mawla. He is the protector. Of who? الَّذِينَ amanu. Those who believe. Those who believe, no matter where they are, no matter what hardship they're in, no matter what enemy they're dealing with, no matter what threat they face, who is always their protector? Who is their Mawla? Allah is. He is Mawla الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَأَنَّ الْكَافِرِينَ And indeed, those who deny, لَا مَوْلَى لَهُمْ They do not have any Mawla. They don't have any real protector. Wali is also used for protector. Mawla is also used for protector. Wali is an ally, a friend. And those who denied, did they have any allies? Of course, many. Allies, especially amongst people. Right? All the big, big tribes were their allies. They were together in this. And we see what happened at the battle of the trench. That how they all came together in order to fight the Muslims. Right? So, they did have awliya. But they did not have mawla. The difference between wali and mawla is that wali is someone who offers you help. Who says that, yeah, I will be there. I will be there. I promise you, I'll support you in this. But it is possible that that person will not show up. Why? Because of some weakness. Alright? Or because of some lack of strength or change of mind. And isn't that what happened at the Battle of Khandaq? At the Battle of Trench? How they came together, 10,000 strong. And what happened by the end? They were all running away themselves. So much so that Abu Sufyan actually, he got up, went on his camel, and went all on his own back to Makkah. That's it. He left his people. He left the tents. He left everybody. He's like, you know what? I'm going. I've had enough. And he left. This is wali. Alright? Someone who offers you help, but for some reason, some weakness, or change of mind, or whatever, they're not always there to help you. Mawla is one who doesn't just offer help. He actually helps. He actually protects. And this is why Allah says that Allah is the Mawla, the protector, the defender, the helper, the patron, the guardian of those who believe. And those who deny, they don't actually have any Mawla. They don't have any Mawla. Because anyone who is adopted as a mawla other than Allah, are they capable of helping? No, they're not. They have their own weaknesses. We see that after the battle of Uhud, after the battle of Uhud, what happened? When the Muslims had basically retreated into the mountains, and the Prophet ﷺ was with some of his companions hiding in the mountains, right? And the mushrikeen, basically they scouted the whole area, they were actually looking for the body of the Prophet ﷺ, or at least the body of Umar or Abu Bakr and they couldn't find it. So Abu Sufyan, before he left, we learned about this conversation that took place. Right? He asked, that is Abu Bakr among you? Is Umar among you? Is the Prophet ﷺ among you? And basically the Muslims were silent. And one of the things that Abu Sufyan said, that he glorified his idols. Alright? That, لَنَا عُزَّ وَلَا عُزَّ لَكُمْ we have the idol Uzza and you don't have the idol Uzza. And Uzza they derive from Aziz. 
Alright? Meaning the one who assists, who's powerful, and the idol who is worshipped in order to get help, in order to get honor. So he said that we have uzza and you have no uzza. And the Muslims were silent. And the Prophet ﷺ said, aren't you going to respond? Aren't you going to respond? They were silent because they didn't want him to know that, you know, the Prophet ﷺ is here and we're here. And they said, what should we say? And the Prophet ﷺ said, say, Allahu maulana wala maula lakum. Allah is our maula and you in reality have no maula. And this is so powerful. No matter what state of weakness you're in, no matter how strong the opponent may appear to be, always remember, Allahu maulana wala maula lakum. Allah is our maula. You don't really have any maula. You may have wealth, you may have power, you may have fame, you may have a lot of things, but you don't actually have maula. And what does it mean by this? That Allah is our maula. He will take care of our affairs. We've done the best that we can, right? We fulfill the condition of intansurullah, and Allah will take care of yansurkum. Inna Allah, indeed Allah, yudkhilu, He will admit, alladhina amanu, those people who believe, wa amilu salihat, and they also do righteous deeds. He will admit them into where? Jannatin, into gardens. Tajri min tahtiha al-anhar, underneath which rivers flow. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا But those people who deny, يَتَمَتَّعُونَ They enjoy themselves. يَتَمَتَّعُونَ From تَمَتُّعْ مِيمْ تَعَيْنَ To enjoy a temporary blessing. Right? That is mata'. Mata'r is what? A blessing, goods, things of this world, which are used and they're also enjoyed. But it's temporary. So يَتَمَتَّعُونَ Yes, they enjoy themselves. How? Their freedom, their wealth, their power, their friends. Right? And then, وَيَأْكُلُونَ And they eat. But how do they eat? Kama, Just as تَأْكُلُ anam, The grazing livestock eat. وَالنَّارُ And the fire is مَثْوَ لَهُمْ A residence for them. مَثْوَ ثَوَوْيَا مَثْوَ is basically a place where a person stays for a very, very long time. And from that, a residence. So, mathwallahum, wannaru mathwallahum, the fire is their residence. Why is it that those who deny have been compared to animals, basically? And what's been mentioned particularly is the fact that they enjoy themselves and they eat just as animals do. Because an animal... He is concerned about what? Enjoyment and food. For when? For today or for this season? Just for this life. Just enjoying this life. That's it. An animal doesn't prepare for the akhirah. Does it? No. And if a person is living in a similar way, maybe a bit more sophisticated, eats in a more sophisticated manner, enjoys himself in a more sophisticated manner, whether it is you know, through the things that he has made or, or through his friends or whatever. Essentially, lives are very similar. Because an animal is not preparing for the hereafter. He's living for himself. He's not living for a higher, for a greater purpose. And if a person, if a human being lives in the same way, 
just living selfishly for himself only, just to fulfill his desires, and that's it. Not aiming for Allah's rida, Allah's approval, not living in service to Allah, then there would be no difference between such a human being and an animal. What is the difference? This is a, a very serious verse where we need to think about ourselves also. That while I am living my life, what is my greater goal? I am studying, I have a career, you know, I'm married, I have children, I'm looking after my house, I'm buying my house, or I plan to buy my house, this or that. Why? What's the greater purpose? Is it just enjoyment today? Then that's it. Then what would be the difference between my life and the life of an animal? What is the difference? What am I producing? Because you see, animals, they're just concerned about themselves or their babies or their habitat, you know, the place where they're living. That's it. Mark their territory and, and that's it. Even cats, it's amazing how territorial they are. Right? It's amazing how they won't allow somebody else to come in their territory. They're concerned about their shelter, about their food, about their children, their families. That's it. What am I concerned about? What is my goal in life? An animal doesn't feel, you know, that hub lillah, khashya of Allah. Do I have those feelings of iman, of khashya, of hub that will make me different from an animal? We need to think about this because this is not a pretty comparison. It's not a pretty comparison at all. And what this ayah is also showing is that just as an animal is only concerned about you know, fulfilling its belly and basically satisfying its private parts without giving thought to the hereafter, yes, there are some people who live the same way. An animal will eat something without thinking about whether it's halal or haram. Right? Whether it's his or somebody else's. I remember once in Pakistan I had this you know, fascination with baby goats and I really wanted baby goats. So finally the day came when I was allowed to get some baby goats. And so these two, three baby goats came and as soon as they were brought in, they ran into the garden and they attacked the flowers. Straight. They attacked the flowers. And that was the day that they got their disapproval. So from that day onwards, I knew that they're going to be out very soon. And yes, they were out very soon. But the fact that they came and they attacked the flower straight away, without paying regard to, you know, the poor guy has been working for so long, looking after the flowers in Karachi. It's very difficult, by the way. It doesn't rain much. It's hot. Right? So, you know, they just attack the flowers. And this is how animals are. They don't care what's mine, what's yours, what's permissible, what's not permissible. I want it. Looks good. I'm going to take it. Simple. And we need to think about it also. When I am living my life, when I am using something, doing something, enjoying something, do I think about the laws that Allah has set for me? Or am I just blindly pursuing my desires? This looks good, I'll do it. This looks good, I'll wear it. This looks good, I'll say it. This looks good, I'll go there. No. Our life must be different from that of an animal. An animal doesn't live by any rules. Rules that Allah you know, has set. So here we need to think about it. وَكَأَيِّنْ And how many مِنْ قَرْيَةٍ Of a city هِيَ أَشَدُّ قُوَّةً It was stronger. It was more intense. قُوَّةً In terms of power, in terms of strength. مِنْ قَرْيَتِكَ Than your city. 
The Prophet ﷺ is addressed over here to think about it. How many previous nations were there? How many previous cities were there? And the people of those cities were so much stronger than the people of the city Allati which akhrajatka drove you out. Meaning the city that drove you out. And what is that city? The city of Makkah. You know, the people of Makkah, yes, they were strong. But Allah reminds the Prophet ﷺ, there were people before them who were even stronger. But what happened to them? Ahlaknahum. We destroyed them. Fala nasir lahum. So they had no helper. They had no one to assist them. No one to defend them. No one to help them. La nasir lahum. I mean, think about the people of Nuh ﷺ. They must have some strength if they lived such long lives. Think about the people of Ad and Samud. Their strength is mentioned in the Qur'an. Fir'aun, I mean, his strength is well known. So it's as if the Prophet ﷺ was being taught, don't fear this enemy. Don't fear your enemy. Yes, they have managed to drive you out of Makkah. But they don't have ultimate power. They may have some strength, but realize that Allah's strength is always greater. And this is something we need to remember. Because we begin to fear those who oppose us. But we need to remember that Allah is stronger than them. And in this is again a severe warning for the people of Makkah because they had driven out the Prophet ﷺ. And the example of the previous nations is given that what happened to them when their prophets left them. أَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ فَلَا نَاصِرَ لَهُمْ So what do you think about yourself? أَفَمَنْ A what? then man who كَانَ عَلَى بَيِّنَةٍ the one who was upon clear evidence. Meaning, tell me. The person who is upon clear evidence, مِن رَبِّهِ from his Lord. Can he be كَمَنْ like the one who زُيِّنَ لَهُ It was beautified for him, سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ His evil deed. One person is upon a clear proof, بَيِّنَة Clear evidence. What does بَيِّنَة mean? From bayan, Right? Mubin. One that is clear and evident. And bayina is a clear proof. Meaning something that is clearly proving something else. So he is upon evidence, solid proof from his Lord. Meaning he is upon the truth. And there is another person who is such that zuyina lahu su'u amalihi His evil deeds have been beautified for him. So he's actually doing something wrong, but he views his bad actions as beautiful, as good, and they're following their desires. Is there any comparison between these two people? One is upon evidence, truth, and the other is just fulfilling his desires and is doing something wrong, but views his bad actions as good. Views his bad words as good. Distorted view. You know, distorted understanding. This is how he is. What's the message? There is no similarity between the two. So think, what are you upon? Are you upon solid evidence? Or are you fulfilling your desires? Are you just pursuing your desires? Are you upon facts from Allah, deen? Or are you just doing whatever you feel like and you think you're doing good stuff, whereas in reality you're not doing good? So stop and analyze that when I'm doing something, what do I base it on? In Surah Al-Ra'ad, Ayah 19, Allah says, أَفَمَنْ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ الْحَقُّ كَمَنْ هُوَ أَعْمَى 
There is one person who knows that what Allah has revealed is the truth. Can he be like the person who is blind? No, they cannot be the same. What it means is they live their lives differently and their consequences, their end result will also be different. Listen to the recitation. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu أَفَلَمْ يَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ فَيَنْظُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ دَمَّرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلِلْكَافِرِينَ أَمْثَالُهَا ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ مَوْلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَأَنَّ الْكَافِرِينَ لَا مَوْلَى لَهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُدْخِلُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يَتَمَتَّعُونَ وَيَأْكُلُونَ كَمَا تَأْكُلُ الْأَنْعَامُ وَالنَّارُ مَثْوًا لَهُمْ وَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ قَرْيَةٍ هِيَ أَشَدُّ قُوَّةً مِنْ قَرْيَتِكَ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَتْكَ أَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ أَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ فَلَا نَاصِرَ لَهُمْ أَفَمَنْ كَانَ عَلَى بَيِّنَةٍ مِّنْ رَبِّهِ كَمَنْ زُيِّنَ لَهُ سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ وَاتَّبَعُوا أَهْوَاءٍ 